0: Hello everybody, welcome back. It's another episode of the Philosopher is Stoned podcast, where we, Jordan Strauss and Sam Laboon, attempt to wax philosophical when I have no formal education in it and uh, no idea what I'm talking about. Sam does have education though, so we're kind of like a half legit little podcast we got going on here. Um,
1: Yeah, we can totally wax off on
0: philosophy let's wax off (laughs) what (laughs) was that not a term wax philosophically you know when someone's like being long-winded and philosophical is that not something that people say wax it's waxing
1: uh let's look it up waxing the verb i think that's when you put those strips on people and rip their hair out Okay,
0: that's waxing. That's like using wax to pull hair out. But waxing philosophical is that not? Am I yeah, losing my mind?
1: No, no, it is. It is. To okay, speak philosophically. Yeah.
0: Okay, there you go. Yeah. See, I told you. I I'm, think it just I, I'm means like super educated. You just
1: keep going and going and bigger and bigger until well, someone tells you to shut up.
0: Yes. So that's basically our podcast is we just uh, we we go until we know that no one could possibly have listened this long. And then that's when we end the episode, um, which is usually exactly an hour long. So that's what's up. I am uh, very tired. I have not slept well this week, um, but uh, so bear with me if I'm even slower than usual. I got a comedy show tonight at Bernie's Supper Club. Silly Sally, Kate Belton's birthday show. So that should be fun.
1: Are you? Are you? Is your sleep bad because of the the state of the world?
0: No, <laughs> I mean I feel like the state of the world's been bad our whole lives. You know,
1: hmm. I don't know. It seemed pretty good when I was a kid, but I think everything seems good when you're when you're a kid.
0: Well, there's also the thing is like if I I always think about this, if I didn't have any access to the Internet, I would not have any idea that the world was shit. Just just from my like day to day outings and engaging with the world on my on a face to face level. Yeah, there's a I would probably have noticed a jump in the, uh, let's say, vagrant population. Uh, But other than that, I mean. Life's pretty good still. You go to the grocery store, it's full of food. I have friends, I have family. I'm never hungry. I don't have to sleep outside. I have air conditioning.
1: Oh yeah. I, I didn't mean to imply that like your life is not good. I was but yeah. Um... Well,
0: I think I'm what I'm saying <laughs> is that if you ignore the internet, it feels like everything's all good in the world, you know, all is right in the world. Hmm.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting point. And I wonder I wonder if it's true or I wonder if that's just like an illusion. Like, if you didn't look at the internet, would you just notice problems? Would the problems, would you just other problems become bigger in your mind?
0: I think your problems would become, you would spend a lot less time worrying about stuff you have no control over and a lot more worrying about stuff you do have control over, I feel like, if you didn't have the internet or you know just constant mm-hmm. information of the world being flow like flowing through your consciousness it's just it's just the amount of times i spent over the years worrying about stuff that has actually never affected me besides covid probably as far as like world events i mean it might affect me if, like financially cuz everything is kind of a ripple effect with the economy but i mean if if i had not if i just shut myself off from the internet or any news outlets, and just live my life in my immediate vicinity, you know, just like didn't watch any news or read any articles about what's going on in the world. I just watched TV, you know, movies, like instead of accessing Netflix, I just had an unlimited DVD collection. And uh, I just went about my life regularly meeting up with friends going to comedy, I might not have nearly as much anxiety because it's just like if if you spend any amount of time on the internet it's almost always bad news happens the bad news gets clicks right so it's just mm-hmm. you're, you're you're constantly getting like a slow trickle of everything's fucked dripped into your brain from the internet connection in your pocket and so i don't know i feel like maybe if i just if the internet shut down tomorrow i think a lot of people would feel a huge weight off their shoulders <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, totally. Um, I think people do feel good when they disconnect and get out in the, go outside and feel nice outside, touch yeah. some grass.
0: I mean, if you go camping for a weekend, like we're going next weekend, we're going to float the river like Huckleberry Finn and that other guy. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I always leave my phone in my vehicle the entire duration of any camping trip I go on. It's, it's the best part is you don't have it Something to, it's all what's happening right in the present. And that's, that's very good for you, I think.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. I think uh, you can get kind of a information overload, get overstimulated. If you're constantly looking at your phone and taking in these stories, it can get really exhausting. Also, and it is just, good.
0: Also, you just, you're, you're keeping like with social media. It's like, you know, so much about so many people's lives that you would not have like before social media, you, went to, you would have you would just straight up lost contact with ninety percent of the people in your life, and now you just kind of have like a weird bead on what everyone's up to that you've ever met.
1: You know. To be clear, we're not in contact, but we are monitoring each other.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're not in contact, but we're all
1: aware of what's going on. It's weird. It's like I get, I've you know you
0: you meet someone at the bar when you're 19 and they add you on Facebook and you never delete them. You just are aware of what's going on in this random person's life for what the rest of your life. Like I have, hey, it's, I have it's, what's it's that a
1: small? It's a small town effect. It's like you're you. living in a small town again. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's weird. It's, it's weird like yeah. I haven't spoken to this person in 15 years and yet I know everything that they're up to. It's so weird. I don't I don't think it's natural. Well, it's obviously not natural, but I don't think it's healthy.
1: Yeah, I don't know. If if people are too weird, I usually just don't uh don't follow them or I unfollow them. Yeah. I feel like I need training.
0: to do that as well. Just go through if I haven't spoken to you in 5 years, you're immediately cut.
1: You should do one of those posts where you say like, "I'm purging my friends list." <laughs> Real friends comment here or something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> VIP <laughs> Although I have had I've had experiences where I people I haven't spoken to in ten years reach out and then I reconnect and like see them in person. I mean that happened to me last weekend with some people from my old church days showed up to comedy. it was good. And I, they wouldn't have even known I was performing if I didn't have them on Instagram. So I mean,
1: there you go. Yeah, it's amazing. Anyway, it is amazing.
0: Yeah. What else is going on? Sam's coming to town next week.
1: I'm coming to town uh some big summer movies are coming out this week we got barbie we've got oppenheimer these are the last hopes for the studios i guess the meg two might make some money but like this has been a weird summer for movies mission impossible is not making very much money neither really? is the flash well, um,
0: I heard the Flash. The Flash just gets shit on online all day.
1: The Flash is a disaster. Yeah,
0: I heard it's I think that this we are with we are in the last era, the last twilight days of superhero movies, uh, uh, like of like the you know of the blockbuster oh, yeah. type. Like people really have lost interest.
1: Well, Disney said they're cutting back on Marvel and Star Wars.
0: Good. It it was insane what they did. Honestly. Like it it was insane. The amount of content they made just on those two IPs. Like they just pumped out every side <laughs> character, every like if they're mentioned in passing in one of the main movies, they get a whole fucking
1: series. It's insane. Yeah. Like they've got uh what's this? They have blue beetle like this. That looks so stupid. never oh heard of God. them. It's so dumb.
0: <laughs> Half of these comic book characters I've never heard at this point. Like I didn't know who Kang the Conqueror was.
1: No. I mean yeah, it's they basically it was it's like they have this huge money train and because of the nature of Hollywood today they have to keep keep it going until it until it dies. And that's what Steve, Steven Spielberg I saw an interview with Steven Spielberg where he made the same prediction like I don't know, maybe 10 years ago something like that where he thought where he said like this like the model of these blockbusters is not sustainable, and eventually, a bunch of these like franchise, block mega blockbusters are going to bust at the box office, and it's going to be a disaster for Hollywood. And that's this summer.
0: Yeah, and then you get the writer strike, the the the, the actors strike, the yeah, actors strike, strike going on. That all is compounding. And honestly, people are sick of these. They're sick of Star Wars, and they're sick of Mar. They're sick of superheroes. Oh, they are.
1: My God, it's trash. It's such trash.
0: And it's clearly that the people making them are sick of them too because they're not putting any effort into them, any real like storytelling effort.
1: No, they literally, uh, Marvel, like this is, it's just, it's so pathetic, like how Hollywood operates. But Marvel literally just hired the Rick and Morty writing staff to make their universe. Like Marvel is just written by Rick and Morty people at this point. Is that real? yeah, that's totally real, and the reason for that is just simply, simply money. Like Rick and Morty is so popular with the demographic that Marvel wants to hit, so they literally just hire those writers to like, hey, give us, give us the multiverse Rick and Morty treatment for all of our our shit. We need to get away. We <laughs> need to get
0: is. so far away from this multiverse shit. You know what I mean? Like it,
1: it's, it's everything. It's, it's like Spider Man, Doctor Strange. Like it's all, yeah. Like into the Spider Verse, like I was watching it. It's like I love the aesthetic and everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching it. I'm just like, this is like the the Spot guy. Like, this is like portal guns. Like, seriously.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I like that. That to me was one of the better multiverses one. But like, why don't if we just want to see as many different types of Spider Mans as possible in one movie? It's like (laughs) it's starting to get. And it's like okay, with the Flash, I hear it's just like okay. There's a there's a cameo from every single failed DC movie in that movie. They <laughs> even get Nick Cage as Superman from that thing that didn't even get released. You get Christopher Reeves makes a cameo against his will. That wasn't
1: yeah, that was an AI version of him. Yeah, but like oh, those did yeah. not even uh, I I those were so bad they weren't even cameos.
0: Did you see i didn't see the movie? I just watched a lot of hate hate on YouTube for it
1: I mean, it had some fun stuff, like it definitely had some fun scenes and things and it it wasn't a terrible movie it's just no one wants to see it no one cares unless yeah. you're like Marvel fans care Marvel fans care a lot Marvel fans also are feeling. getting
0: mad about it too
1: they are getting mad yeah and rightfully it's, so the
0: multiverse the multiverse has just become the laziest. Thing you can rely on for a plot now.
1: It is. It's got, and it's great for this, but the studios think it's great because it's got built in franchise crossover. Right. They love that. And so they know
0: that if they bring back <laughs> every single person who's ever played any superhero, people are going to be like, oh, oh, Michael Keaton's back. Oh, oh yeah. my God, Tony McGuire's back. Oh, oh my God, Mark Hamill's back. It's like, can we just start something new? Mm-hmm. I understand that that's too risky financially, which is sucks because it's like, I guess what you're saying is the major movie studios, they can't just make, they need to make what they know has worked in the past as far as making money until it stops working. So I think we're at the end of that cycle and hopefully there's a gap here coming up where original ideas can make it to the big screen.
1: Ha. Ha. Yeah, we'll see about that. I doubt it. We'll too. see about that. Yeah, hopefully these strikes don't. Because, like, if you want to know what the studios want to do, and we've seen this movie, but if you want us to know what they're trying to do, the movie, the Congress, is literally what they're trying to do.
0: I know. I just was telling someone about that scanning your and just using you as a
1: three uh, D a, a digital asset. Apparently, a yeah, a yeah, and they can do that with uh, with writers as well. Like they can. They can capture your voice. That's what the whole like. That's what was so cool about ChatGPT when it first came out. Was that you can say like, write me a, a novel in the style of such and such an author, and it yeah. can go and read their stuff and capture their voice. Well, I, so, did, I did that with
0: it, even comedians too. Go yeah, ask me- it to write you to a joke. Extent, and yeah. <laughs> go ask <laughs> Ch- Chatty, GPT to write you a joke in the voice of Bill Burr, and it will like you will hear his voice in your head when you're reading this. Yeah.
1: Shit. It, it won't be funny, but it'll be his voice. Yeah. Yeah. Not because he's not funny. But... Yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> some of it's <laughs> like not that bad. It's like, it's it's not really, it'd, be, it'd only be like funny Steven if Lynch. it was coming out of Bill Burr's mouth. It might be funny, but it's not really a joke.
1: Okay. But maybe like, he's not really a, he's not really a joke guy.
0: Bill Burr. Well, what do you mean? Like set up punchline joke guy?
1: Yeah, like it might be hard for Chad GBT to capture him because um, he, his jokes don't have like an easy structure. Yeah. To get, but like, I'm going to ask it to write a joke in the style of uh, Stephen Wright because his jokes have a structure.
0: You're going to do that right now? Live? On right, air? I'm typing it in. I'm typing it in. Write okay. me a joke. I'm going to take this moment to eat another in piece this of beef style.
1: jerky. Of Steven, right. Please. Because I'm respectful. Okay, here we go. Why is there an S in Lisp? Seems like a cruel joke, doesn't it? It's like putting an L in smooth. That's kind of funny
0: it is kind of funny i don't really get the last part though
1: it's like putting an l in smooth 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 smooth, it's like smooth. okay i'm just going to google that and see if that's one of his actual jokes and if it just stole it
0: well because the setup is actually
1: pretty good hmm uh-oh i found it on reddit uh-oh which cruel bastard put an S in the word lisp? Posted twelve years ago. Hmm. Top comment: the same asshole who put a B in dyslexia. That's pretty funny.
0: <laughs> so it is just stealing, essentially.
1: It is stealing. Yeah, it's, it it steals everything. I think. But it did, this it wouldn't know that this thread was a joke in the voice of Stephen Wright. Okay, how about? Uh, Uh, write me, tell me a joke in the style of, I'll do one more and then we'll talk philosophy. right. Tell me a joke in the style of Steve Martin. Oops. Okay. Why did the scarecrow win an award? Because he was outstanding in his field. But you know what they say about scarecrows? They're always a little corny. Damn, that is pathetic. <laughs> that is straight up. I mean that uh,
0: that first line is like straight. It's just
1: like a street. That's a street joke. joke.
0: Yeah. yeah. What about um, what's the other They're, guy? they doing the, Steve Martin dirty. The one, the, who's He's the one, line, one liner that died? That was big. Eno Phillips? No, no, no. Emo Phillips isn't dead, is he? I
1: have no idea. <laughs>
0: that guy's weird. I just found out who he yeah. was like recently. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, he's great. No, no. Uh, I literally just was reading an article about, or saw something about him. He's Mitch the guy with 2000... guy? No, no, no. He wears the glasses. He died of a heroin overdose. Does the joke
1: about... Mitch Hedberg.
0: Yeah, did you say that? You must have cut out. Yeah. Okay, Okay. I'll try one it. with Mitch Hedberg because oh, I think he go. has a more distinct style.
1: Okay, here we go. I used to play piano by ear, but now I use my hands. It's much more effective. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I must admit. That's pretty fucking good right that's I must admit, my ears still enjoy some light tapping now and then. <laughs> no, you don't need <laughs> okay, that. At the end. <laughs> I, like it, I like it. All right, I'm going to search search this again. I used to play piano by ear, but now I use my hands. I'm
0: absolutely dominating this bag of beef jerky. Sorry if you guys can hear this chewing.
1: I don't see anything so far. Damn, that's funny. <laughs> Fuck you, Chad <John> GBT. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: pretty good. It does sound exactly wow. like what it sounds exactly like a Mitch Hedberg joke.
1: Uh oh. Uh oh. December 16, 2022. Reddit posted seven months ago by you, big dick. I used to play piano by ear, but now I use my hands in slash R one liners. Oh, wow! Shit. Top comment. I don't get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it sounds like Chad GPT just scours Reddit.
1: But how does it? It's true. It's what's what's wild though is like. It's true. That joke is in the style of Mitch Hedberg. Mm-hmm. That was impressive. stole the words from an actual post. That's insane. It's like, what is it even doing? That's so so
0: it was like, I need to find something that's in this style. Because it, it fits the same structure as his yeah kind of, I, I used to do drugs i still do but i use two, too it's kind of like the, feels yeah like i that. thought
1: I, it was literally going to do that yeah right. but you can read it with his cadence like i used to play piano by ear but now i use my hands mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's funny <laughs> it is funny god, god damn all right well i've done
1: the my real baby. credit goes to the real credit goes to uh the user you big dick you big dick big dick shout out
0: (laughs) hell of a jokester all right let's get into the what are we talking about today
1: okay well yeah that was a long preamble but uh so i figured today we could talk because oppenheimer's coming out um there's barbie coming out and both of these movies are kind of related to something that's called the doctrine of double effect okay and so this to put it simply, the doctrine of double effect is says that the same action can sometimes have the same course of action can sometimes have two different outcomes, one of which is good, that you want to happen, and another of which is bad, that you don't want to happen, maybe you didn't even intend. And a classic example of this is bombing in war so. On the one hand, there's this thing called terror bombing. So the principle of double effect says it's never permissible to use a bad means to achieve a good end. So if you bomb a country's civilian population to terrorize them into surrender, that might achieve the good outcome of ending the war, but it's a bad means to achieve that end. On the other hand, tactical bombing is considered permissible because the action they tend to, they hit military targets and try not to hit civilian targets. So that's kind of it. Right.
0: I mean, people, you can't just start bombing civilians these days, you know? I mean, you do no, people true. do. I mean, hasn't Russia been doing that this whole year?
1: Oh yeah, they did. Uh, yeah. Just yes. Today, yesterday. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, so it can be, it's classically used in war, but it seems to have lots of other applications maybe. Um, And, like, I I brought up Barbie and Oppenheimer, right? So Oppenheimer, the atomic bomb, is, like, achieves the good end of ending the war. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, there's this other thing that happens, which now we have the ability to annihilate ourselves. And then with Barbie, it's like not as extreme. It's in my, in the, like the Barbies, I don't even know if, if it applies to Barbie at all. It might not. <laughs> yeah. Let's leave Barbie. out. You this. don't have
0: to make it apply <laughs> to Barbie. I don't know. I yeah, don't have be. to stretch it that far. You could be like, <laughs> oh, they made a doll that keeps people company and entertains, but it also sets unrealistic body standards for young women. Right.
1: Hey, there you go. You fucking that's, did a, it. that's actually pretty good. You did it. <laughs> Easy. Uh, yeah. So this, this doctrine arose in the Middle Ages because Catholic scholars are basically debating what Christians could do in self-defense, right? Because it's pretty clear in the Bible, Jesus says, turn the other cheek. Yeah. And uh, St. Augustine, for example, argued that you can't kill in self-defense because killing in self-defense could only be motivated by excessive self-love, Wow. <laughs> um. Are
0: you a narcissist? you going to defend yeah. yourself?
1: you a narcissist? <laughs> narcissist, yeah. Um, but along came a throwback to our very first episode Thomas Aquinas. Thomas Aquinas comes in and uh, he says, actually, you can uh, kill yourself in self defense, but only if you didn't intend to kill the other person. So here's how he put it, quote, nothing hinders one act from having two effects, only one of which is intended, while the other is beside the intention. Accordingly, the act of self-defense may have two effects, one, the saving of one's life, the other, the slaying of the aggressor, end quote. So for Aquinas, killing in self-defense is permissible, if your goal is to save your life, not necessarily to kill them. Right. Uh, it's so for example, like someone's attacking you, you push them, they trip and crack their skull. It's certainly foreseeable that they could have died, but you didn't positively intend them to die. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, if someone's like attacking you and you think, aha, now I have an excuse to kill this person that I've been. <coughs> Kyle Rittenhouse, perhaps. <laughs> Yeah. Good. Good point. Very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the doctrine of double effect, maybe it could have been applied there.
0: Yeah. Cause he, um, I think went in there to quote, protect people and businesses. But I think he was like, I can't wait till I get an excuse to shoot my gun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So in that case, yeah, you could definitely say like his, uh, his intent was not just to protect the businesses. He also wanted to, he, in, he intended the outcome that someone might die.
0: Yeah. Well, I think he went there fully expecting to shoot his gun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so there are four and uh, there are four or uh, sorry, there are like four conditions for the doctrine of double effect um these are from the catholic encyclopedia (laughs) perfect Uh, number one the agent may not positively will the bad effect but may permit it if you could attain the good effect without the bad effect you should do that number two the good effect must flow from the action at least immediately um As the bad effect. In other words, the good effect. uh,
0: I like that phrase, at least immediately.
1: (laughs) Sorry, I read it wrong. The good effect must flow from the action at least as immediately as the bad effect. Oh, okay. (laughs) In other words, the good effect must be produced directly by the action, not the bad effect. Otherwise, the agent would be using a bad means to achieve a good end, which is never allowed. That's what they Hmm. say. Okay. And finally, the good effect must be sufficiently desirable to compensate for allowing of the bad effect. Okay. And number one, sorry, the most important one I forgot, uh, the act itself must be morally good or at least indifferent. So those are like four four conditions of this thing. Um, so basically to sum it up, sum up this principle or this doctrine or whatever, Um for for certain really bad actions, for example, killing another human being, mm-hmm. the principle of double effect says it can be A, morally permissible to cause the death, but only as a side effect of pursuing a good end.
0: Right. A.K.A. And it, preser- preserving your own life or someone else's life.
1: Yeah. And at the same time that it allows that, it also keeps the general prohibition on causing the death of a human being just for the sake of a good end. So it's got to be. So the, the fundamental thing about this is if there, if you're going to kill someone, it better be an unintended side effect. So does this hold up? Does this doctrine help us with moral reasoning?
0: Let's Let's think about it. Let's talk about it. Well, I'm just thinking of, like, you know, there's people that, say, own a lot of guns, right? Uh How many guns do you need to defend yourself? Um, Just one, probably, right?
1: Depends on how many assailants
0: you're dealing with,
1: I would say, (laughs) and what their level of armor artillery is.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I just, I it's like, like, what are we doing? Some people should not be, let's put it this way. Some, some people should not be trained in like MMA, you know, <laughs> like they shouldn't understand how to fight because they will quote unquote find justified. I mean, they will ju- justify using those skills any way they can in their head. But really at the bottom of the, at the end of the day, at the bottom of the ninth, they just want to fucking <laughs> beat the shit out of someone, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, 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 we don't want that. That's bad. Um, mm-hmm. So let's think about uh I think there are a few misinterpretations of this doctrine. And we should deal with those first before we get more into the objections. Roger that. So So the first one here is the doctrine of double effect does not claim that the fact that a harm was foreseen but not intended is sufficient for it to be permissible. So for example, your dentist, a red dentist, might intend to relieve the patient of a toothache. So he shoots him in the head and kills him. (laughs) (laughs) The patient's death is a regrettable But unintended side effect of the procedure. (laughs) The toothache is relieved.
0: (laughs) I mean, Um, is it though? So it's just the brain that was reading it as pain is gone.
1: (laughs) That's true. Well The pain is gone. The subject is no longer experiencing pain.
0: See? It should be Dr. Kyle Rittenhouse. He relieved those yeah. people of any future and current
1: ailments. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo! Um, right. So, so the double effect. We have to go back to our those conditions at the beginning, and it does uh, does stipulate that it's got to be proportional. The good effect um, must be sufficiently desirable for compensating. Of, to compensate for allowing the bad effect. So in this case, the bad effect death is not uh, so like relieving a toothache is not so desirable as to die. But there may be cases where it is desirable to die and those will be problematic as we shall see. All right. So let's let's move on. Um, let's take a look at terror bomber versus tactical bomber again. Okay. So, the terror bomber wants to kill as many people as possible to weaken the resolve of the enemy, whereas the tactical bomber doesn't will uh, aim at military targets while foreseeing that bombing such targets will cause civilian deaths when, he, when his bombs kill civilians, this is a foreseen but unintended consequence of his actions, even if this is, a, this is a quote from the, the paper. Even if it is equally certain that two bombers will cause the same number of civilian deaths, terror bombing is impermissible, but tactical bombing is permissible. What do you think about that? Well, I think if your
0: <laughs> tactical bombing is killing as much as intentional bombing, you're fucking terrible at tactical bombing, first of all.
1: So are you if cut out killing? There.
0: If you're killing as many people with your tactical bombing as you are as as the guy who's planning on killing civilians, then you're really bad at tactical bombing. First of all,
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that's a fair point. Um...
0: And second of all, it's like then you're all just coming down to intent. It's like uh, it like both are terrible, but one guy should be relieved of his duties if if he's that bad at it, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. I mean, you could think like maybe, maybe in this case where it's the same number of deaths is because the tactical bombing is occurring across like a much wider area. So they're not intending to kill the civilians, but there's just, there's so much bombing that, and there's so many more people and it's such a big country for et cetera.
0: I guess the outcome of the results would be something you need to factor in, right? It's like, you know, the terror bombing is like, it's such a blunt strategy to get what a a population to surrender Mm -hmm. that I don't know if it would even like the chances of that working, like there's no real like reason to think that that's going to even work. Right. Mm. In fact, there might be an argument that you will just piss more and more people off until it's like, has the opposite effect. Right.
1: Mm. Well, it did work. It worked in Japan. Right. So, so here's okay. what happened in Japan. That right? might
0: be a little bit, yeah. Okay, I forgot about the well, whole. Your first
1: point was kind of right because they did terror bombing in Japan before they dropped the bombs. Mm-hmm. They firebombed Tokyo, right? Killed, you know, thousands and thousands of people. But you're right; it didn't break the resolve, and they had to keep escalating to like higher and higher levels of terror bombing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you what do you think about the this this thing right where the tactical bomber right? The tactical bomber might kill the same number of civilians as a terror bomber, right? Say a terror bomber kills a thousand civilians in one strike, but the tactical bomber kills a thousand civilians in five years. They've killed the same number of people, but the tactical bombing is considered permissible simply because the tactical bomber wasn't intending those deaths and that they are considered a... An unintended side effect. That's like very regrettable. Mm-hmm. Does that in itself? Does that uh, not intending it, regretting it? It's a side effect because we're fighting this war, like that we need to win. Like you can imagine Ukraine tactically bombing Russia to try and win the war, um, right? Does that like does the difference in intent and like unintended side effect regret? Does that justify? Is that enough to justify killing the same number of civilians with tactical bombing as with terror bombing?
0: Uh, I mean, I don't, I'm not a moral authority of any type, but I'm thinking of like the dentist thing again, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Say a guy, he's trying to get rid of this guy's toothache. He's really trying and he's trying over the course of several visits to the dentist. And then, and, mm-hmm in the process he say he administers a little bit too much anesthetic or there's a negative reaction. He hits a nerve that shuts his brain off or something and he accidentally kills him. That's still better than the guy walking up and be like, Oh, you got a toothache killing him.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that is definitely better. Yeah. And the difference there is that, but in in that one, like we have to be careful how we formulate this because Did the dentist who like hit that nerve, did he foresee that that was a likely side effect of the operation?
0: I guess you would have to say if it was likely, if he thought it was likely, he would have thought, you know, you might just have to live with this toothache. But if it was something he knew was possible, but not likely, but happened, I don't know. There's a a lot of variables at play here.
1: Mm hmm. There are a lot of variables. Yeah. Um, but I think so, it's, uh,
0: I mean, personally, I don't think it's ever right to bomb anyone. I mean,
1: I mean, look, if you're at war, right, you've got to protect your country.
0: Yeah. That's, it's still with, I would still feel like it's not right. Like nothing, nothing about war is right. So it's just like, no, no.
1: I mean, right. War is not right, but it's important to like, that's like, if we go back to the beginning, the principle of double effect is originally for self-defense. So it's supposed to say like, look, if you get attacked in a war and you've got to protect your own country, how do you do that? Like you're going to have to kill people. How can that be permissible? Mm -hmm. It's permissible if you don't intend it and it's an And it's like a side effect that's achieving your, your better goal. So in my, in my opinion, the, the problem is, is that, uh, you have to you have to add a lot in to the principle of double effect to get to what are considered like the norms of, of warfare when it comes to civilians. So and this is according to like the Red Cross, Geneva Convention, that sort of thing. Combatants in a war have to take every like feasible step that they can to ensure civilians aren't killed. Mm-hmm. Whereas the principle of of double effect is sort of like on the one hand, it's saying what really matters is your intention and that the side effect be foreseen and regretted, but it seemed, and like there's this stuff about proportionality. You've got to like, you know, try and find another way to do it if you can, but what's really doing the work is the intent stuff. And it seems to be like, you shouldn't be relieved of moral responsibility for killing tons of civilians in a war because you consider them a regrettable side effect. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Did I cut out?
0: Yeah. Sorry. You cut out like right when you're going to make a point. (laughs) Ah, of course. Um, (laughs) It's like the
1: internet knows you're full of shit. Say it again real quick. Okay. Okay. So the point I was going to make is this, um, you, you, it's, you should not be relieved of moral... Say you're an Air Force general mm-hmm. and you order a tactical bombing campaign and over, over the years you kill you know, 5,000 civilians with your tactical bombing campaign, but you achieve your goal to end the war. You should not be relieved of moral responsibility for all of those deaths, those civilian deaths, just because, in your opinion, they were unintended regrettable side effects of your intended goal mm-hmm.
0: like you shouldn't be able to not feel bad about it
1: well no like you you have to regret the deaths but you are still morally responsible you there wasn't you you're not off scot-free
0: right yeah you still have the burden of their lives on your shoulder even though it maybe saved way way more lives right Yes, yeah. It's like the conundrum at, at in every single, since we started talking about superhero movies, every single superhero ends up having to make that choice, right? <laughs> yeah. The it's usually, they usually have the to. Bus. Yeah.
1: What's that? It's the girlfriend or the bus of orphans or strangers. Yeah, or exactly. Yeah.
0: And uh, just one time I want to see one of these movies where they save their, their girlfriend and let a bunch of other people die. <laughs>
1: hey, well, that's. Cause I feel like that would we, we happen
0: have... a lot more if real, as superheroes were real, they would, I think that in the, in the moment, a lot of them would choose to save, you know, their love interest over a bunch of strangers.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I'm rewatching interstellar right now and that's a big, big thing in interstellar. Um, but uh, yeah, that's perfect because this whole thing about choosing who to save, right? This is a, uh, this is the trolley problem, right? Classic mm-hmm. problem in ethics who what do you do so here's a, this is a, this is another criticism of the doctrine of double effect and this criticism comes out with the the trolley problem so and this is called the the side effect effect and this objection is that there is no morally neutral difference between intended, and merely foreseen. So what does that mean? Well, and so here I quote from the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, research by Joshua Noby has demonstrated that the ways in which we distinguish between results that are intended and those that are mere side effects may be influenced by normative judgments in such a way as to bias our descriptions. We are more likely to say a result was intentional if we disapprove of it. So I'll give you, so here's the trolley problem example. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to give you two different trolley problems. Okay. And I want you to tell me whether you think the person's death was a side effect or intentional. Okay. So first one, you are at the trolley controls. Yes. On the one track is your family. On the other track is one stranger that you do not know. Mm-hmm. The trolley is rapidly approaching, it's gonna kill your family. So you throw the switch, saving your family, but diverting the trolley and killing the stranger. Mm-hmm. Was the stranger's death a side effect of your actions or did you intend it?
0: I would say in that in that case, I would I would say it was more of an intent like I'm sorry, buddy, but. Yeah I'm I'm intentionally going to let you get killed to save my family.
1: So it was your main goal there to to kill the person or to save your family?
0: Well to save a family. But
1: yeah. I wouldn't have hesitated so when you, probably. When you throw the switch are you thinking like kill switch or save switch? Like what are you thinking when you throw it?
0: um well the thing is, is i would have no if it's a stranger i have no ill yeah. will towards them right but mm-hmm. i it's just when it comes down to saving my family or a stranger i'm going to pick save my family every single time
1: and so just, just just to make sure you're totally solid in your answer do you do you honestly would you honestly feel in that situation like you had intended the stranger to die or that their death was more of a regrettable side effect
0: Well, I mean, I would regret it. So, I mean, it's just that you have to die for my family to live. So it is a choice. It's a, it's a, it's a direct choice. So I guess.
1: Yeah. But not an unintended side effect.
0: No, I mean, it's, it's just, I, I know what's going to happen to this guy and I still do it anyways. That's essentially, I guess it's hard with the word intent. Like it almost means like I want, it almost sounds like I would want to kill this guy. and the (laughs) the side effect is my family survives because that's not it. (laughs) It's not like I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, I get to kill someone and my family gets to live. That's awesome.
1: Woohoo! Yeah. Okay, interesting. Having trouble distinguishing between side effect and intent. All right, Mm -hmm. so here let's contrast it with this one. Suppose Logan Paul is at the controls of the track switch. Mm -hmm. On one track is a rare precious Pokemon card. And on the other track are five orphans. Logan pulls the switch, saving the precious Pokemon card, but diverting the trolley and killing the orphans. Do you say the orphans' deaths were a a side effect or intentional?
0: Here's the thing. The thing about this this rare Pokemon card can be remade, found, or whatever. It's like it's like if you're if you are valuing no, it's Pokemon-
1: one of a kind. It's one of a kind. Okay. Well, the, the bottom line: po- if you're the- valuing
0: a Pokemon card over human life, <laughs> then you're a piece of shit. There's no arguments there.
1: <laughs> okay. So, has this? Did that? Have, um, is the side effect effect real? Do you think? Do we? are we more likely to say something was brought about intentionally if we disapprove of it? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. I think so.
0: Like in that case, it's like everyone, if that actually happened, how many people are going to be on Logan Paul's side? Probably a lot more than you'd want to admit, but still not a lot.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Um, It's true. And, And the one you, the, the, the one that we kind of found when we were talking about that is called the closeness objection. And that is that sometimes it's impossible to to distinguish between something that is a foreseeable regretful side effect and something that is foreseeable regretful, but intended like it's, it's hard to really see a difference mm-hmm. sometimes um, because, and like the way to put it, that is think like uh there's another example that they give called abortion versus hysterectomy, right? So, these are Catholics that we're dealing with. Yeah. So, you can't do an abortion. Catholics are very opposed to abortion. But um, I don't think they're opposed to hysterectomies, even if, it, if the woman was pregnant, right? So, here's the example. Quote, a doctor who believed that abortion was wrong, even in order to save the mother's life, might nevertheless consistently believe it would be permissible to perform a hysterectomy on a pregnant woman with cancer to remove the uterus, which would kill the fetus. In carrying out the hysterectomy, the doctor would aim to save the woman's life while merely foreseeing the death of the fetus. Performing an abortion would involve intending to kill the fetus as a means to a good end, blah, 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 blah. But the objection is like a doctor is probably going to just view killing the fetus as part of the operation. And you intentionally do every part of the operation
0: with the, in this scenario, I missed, is this going to, is the abortion going to save the mother's life.
1: Yes. Yeah. And they will say you can't do it even then because you're just killing, you're killing one to save one. So it's uh. It doesn't. The good effect does not sufficiently outweigh the bad effect in that case.
0: But it does. It's not what
1: I believe. Obviously.
0: No, I mean, the, to me, this is splitting hairs. The baby's dying, yeah. and the woman's life is getting saved. So whether you want to, yeah. the rest is just semantics. Oh, mm-hmm. like she had cancer that was killing her, and I got rid of that, but I also had to, you know, throw the baby out with the cancer water.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my god. The chemo juice. Oh, yeah. Jesus.
0: Oh. But if the both um. but bo- if both operations have the goal of saving the woman's life and both result in a dead baby, just <laughs> there happens to be cancer involved with one of them is like it's 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 inconsequential in my opinion.
1: Yes. And uh the author of the Stanford Encyclopedia entry seems to agree with you. That's Alison McIntyre from Wellesley University or college or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and their, their point is that like we've got to look at the history of things. And we've got to remember where this doctrine came from. It came from Catholicism. And this is called, uh, I, th- I think I'm pronouncing this right, C- Causes casuistry, casuistry. C-A-S-U-I-S-T-R-Y. Casustri. casus Casustry, which means clever but ultimately unsound reasoning designed to achieve a specific conclusion. Oh. So, like we talked about before, the Bible seems to have absolute prohibition on killing, especially Jesus. But Catholicism is not going to get very far as a, you know, state religion if they don't, some find if they don't find some way to justify killing other human beings. Like right. How are you going to read? How are you going to retake Jerusalem if you can't kill all the Muslims? Exactly. Uh, so, along comes uh, doctrine of double effect. You can j- justify it in terms of self-defense because you don't intend it. Blah blah blah. Um,
0: Anytime you invade a different country, you can't justify self-defense. I, I mean, that's what uh, they tried with maybe. Iraq, right? <laughs>
1: That's almost always the uh, castle's belly for war is a, a claim that you're doing it out of self-defense. I mean, Russia literally invaded Ukraine, claiming it was done out of self-defense.
0: I mean, that's just insane. That's insane. It is insane,
1: but that's what you say. That's what well, they everybody's say. just lying. And it's it's the the game of uh, of geopolitics and influence. You have to have you have to have some pretext. Anyway, here here we go. Here's the final knockdown argument against this. Okay. Right. So we remember, the doctrine of double effect is not supposed to justify using harm as a means to a good end. But is that always the case? For example, suppose someone is suffering from incurable and horrific chronic pain, and they decide to commit suicide to end their horrific, incurable, chronic pain. Here, their intent is to bring about a good end, namely the end of incurable, horrific suffering. The means to that end is to kill themselves. So this person did not kill themselves just to kill themselves. The killing was a means to the end of the suffering. But the DDE is going to say, this is, uh, you can't do that even though they don't intend to just kill themselves for themselves, right? Their death is a side effect. Their real goal is to end their suffering. Mm -hmm. The DD says, no, can't do it because you're using a, a bad means to achieve a good end. That's why.
0: Well, it's easy to say when you're not the one with the incurable eternal suffering. Uh, I mean, yeah. My personal take on, suicide is if you're in that much pain who's to tell you that you can't turn the switch off of your own life (laughs) it's like Mm -hmm. i mean people are always like oh get well you could have if you just stuck it out it could have gotten better if you just gotten help which is true in some cases but in some cases it's not true so and at the end of the day it's your life so you get to do what you want with it (laughs) So I don't really hold, I don't, I don't think the only thing that's morally objectionable to uh, me about suicide is the effect it has on the loved
1: ones. (laughs) This is so funny. I, uh, I saw this clip on Reddit of someone at a subway station in Toronto, like they're, they're trying to balance on the edge of the platform Mm -hmm. as the train is coming. And like at the last second, someone just runs over and, Pulls them off of it because they're obviously like drunk and about to get hit by the subway. Yeah. And, and I was like, I was reading the comments and I was in full agreement with the comments, which were like, this person was not saved out of any empathy. It was literally because if they got hit by that train, everyone would be like stuck for hours. <laughs> and that was like, I, that is how I feel. People like the people do that and like, it puts thousands of people, like, delays their day by hours. Thousands yeah. and thousands of people. It's insane.
0: So the guy was a hero, but not to the guy that he's whose lives he saved. <laughs> he was a hero yes. to everyone else. he was a
1: hero to everybody <laughs> else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is pretty funny. Well, I guess that's kind of like, yeah, you, you related that to the suicide thing. It's like, hey, it's going to uh, – Okay, I, I, like obviously the effect of someone you love quitting suicide is going to last years and years and years, right? So they're not only putting themselves, they're not putting, they're not, yes, they're taking themselves out of pain, but they're causing a lot of pain as they're doing it, which is unfortunate. I still think that you are within your rights to do it if you really feel that's the only way to end your suffering, but it it is one of these unintended consequences, but foreseeable.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that's about uh, that's about it. From what I have on this topic.
0: All right. Well, I guess it's a good time to. <laughs> 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 or maybe it should have been a little bit, a little bit of this. Well, why don't we play us out here with this? Because we're at the end of the podcast. And I'd just like to
1: oh, nice.
0: take a second to reflect on everything we've learned today. And how we're going to take this knowledge with us into our mm-hmm. own daily lives.
1: This is like anime and credits music, isn't it?
0: <laughs> no, this is <laughs> this is the last worship song of the evening after the after the pastor has given their message and they call the worship team back on stage, and then he gives his closing, uh, sending away of the congregation.
1: Nice. And nice. You know, all
0: remember what I said. You don't get you don't get no abortions. All right. You don't get. You don't get. Stay away from them abortions. All right, you hear me? You hear me? You hear me? You don't want your baby? You put him in the goddamn tithing bowl. All right, put him in the tithing bowl. All right, that is our podcast for this week. And uh, good job out there, everyone. Whatever you did, you did good. Keep it up. You made it another week. Okay, bye.
1: See ya.